the Gradebook, a Tampa Bay Times podcast on Florida education issues. I'm reporter Jeff Solacek, and this week we're going to turn our attention to an issue that seemed to have quieted down for a while, that is the role of transgender students in the public schools, where they get to use the restroom, the locker rooms, and how they're treated generally. It had quieted down after some noisy conversations and debates all around the state, but now The Trump administration has brought the issue back to the fore with its pending decision to really significantly restrict the way that gender is defined. The Sarasota County School District has been dealing with this issue since 2016, and it has just quietly released some new rules of its own. We have Sarasota Herald Tribune reporter Elizabeth Ginnis with us today, and we're going to discuss these issues. So, Elizabeth, welcome to the Gradebook Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Well, you used to be a Tampa Bay Times intern, did you not? And now you're doing some great work at the Herald Tribune. And so how could we not ask? Yeah, thanks. Well, it's definitely an honor, so I appreciate it. Well, you have some really big issues going on in Sarasota right now relating to this whole transgender student issue. I know that the federal government has been talking about changing the definition of gender to be very specific, and the Sarasota district has been fighting over what exactly they're going to do for nearly two and a half years now. So what's the latest? Yeah, so you're right. This has really been a long time coming here. I think a lot of students and a lot of uh, community members feel. So just this last, at the end of last week, our superintendent released what he called a new set of gender guidelines, basically. And they kind of lay out some terms and they talk about what's the best way for a principal and school administrators to handle if a student, you know, comes forward and says, I'm transgender or I, you know, identify somewhere on the gender spectrum that may not be, you know, traditionally male, traditionally female, and I want to be accommodated that way. I think in the past in Sarasota, it had been handled and this became a very public uh, issue and what they call the case by case basis. But that could be difficult because that might mean that at one school, a student says, you know, I'm a I'm a transgender uh, guy and I want to use the boys bathroom. And that student is able to use the boys' bathroom in another school. You know, the student's told, no, I'm sorry, you need to use the bathroom that aligns with the gender that's on your birth certificate. So, Would that be a I problem? Think- Would that be a problem then if you have different schools treating students differently? If they say it's case by case, I mean, every school has different morals, values, communities that right. they serve. Right. Or is that illegal? Well, I, I will say, I mean... I don't know publicly that that had happened, that there had been a school that said no versus one that said yes. But I think how a lot of students felt is that it's already hard enough for these students who are, you know, fairly young. And it really ranges from elementary school students to high school students who are coming out um, as trans. It's hard enough for them to come out publicly in a school environment, but then to also have to kind of relitigate that with the administration. I think these guidelines give them the chance to say, you know, I'm trans and this is what I want. And the school says, okay, we have a system in place for that. Okay, so if the school system is creating this, what are the rules going to be now? So the rules, ironically, are are still kind of some of this case-by-case basis. I would say there are two major changes. The first one is that, or I won't say changes, two major stipulations. 
the first one is that students are, have to be identified by the pronoun and the name that they prefer. So if a student, you know, on their birth certificate says, you know, Jenny, and I'm a woman, but they want to be, you know, Bobby, and I'm a guy, that's what they get to be identified by. That It's their choice, and the school's going to respect that. The second one is that if they ask to use uh, a restroom that corresponds with what the document, the guidelines are calling their consistently asserted gender identity, they their needs are going to be met. So that, to me, reading that is kind of unclear uh, because it said their needs are going to be met, but based on also privacy uh, concerns as well. And so does that mean that every student's going to be accommodated the way that they want to be? It's it's unclear, but the superintendent is saying yes, basically. And who is responsible for making sure this happens? Because I could foresee somewhere, you know, yeah. somebody doesn't call Bobby, your Bobby there, um, he or Bobby. They still say, hey, Jenny and she. Right, right. No, it's a good it's a good point. I think, you know, I think that because we have these guidelines now, uh, there's more. I'm not sure how the how it will be handled in terms of if if they're not followed. But I think that now there's a place where you can say, well, it's in writing here that that's what you have to do. So I mean, you know, it'll ultimately be up to you know teachers, staff members, principals to follow these. Uh, but now there's a place to refer back to if if an issue arises. I guess I just wonder about the the teacher, for instance, who doesn't feel comfortable with this issue at all and and has their own set of morals or or values or whatever you want to call them and right. then and just refuses to participate in this way and will they be held accountable for that or will they just simply be allowed to maybe themselves transfer to a different classroom or something like that yeah i think that's a really good point i will say that of the of the parents and students i've talked to a lot of them have had support uh, on the district, on the on the district and school level, I mean, I, I do think that ultimately many teachers feel that they want the best for their students. But I, you know, and so if that means whatever is the best for their students is what they want to do. That being said, you're right. This has definitely come up in the past in other places where there are teachers or are are administrators who don't feel comfortable, or there are parents who don't feel comfortable being in a school uh, where there might be a trans student. So I think right now probably that came out less publicly because there weren't these guidelines and you're right. I think now probably some of those people might emerge. So it's too soon for me to say, because I haven't talked to anyone who specifically said that, but I I think that's a fair concern to have going forward. I've noticed, say I cover in the Pasco County school district, we've had transgender students as homecoming queen, for instance. And Uh a lot of the arguments that have come out have come from the community more than they've come from within the school. Are you finding that people who are upset or fighting over these issues are inside the schools or in the larger community? Definitely, I think both, you know, we have a, we definitely have a divided board here. So part of it, I think, is our, uh, we have some board members who are against at least putting these guidelines out in print the way that they have been. Uh, and I think so that's partially, you know, that's the community, but they're obviously also policymakers. At the same time, I think you have parents who uh, maybe are against this and they feel that they don't want their kids exposed to that. They don't want their kids talking about transgender kids in the classroom. Um, but I, I do think you have some maybe students who aren't as public about their opposition. But, you know, I heard from students who would tell me that one of the hardest things about coming out as trans at your school is that, you know, if you're older in life, you may not automatically know someone is trans, right? I mean, a lot of people, uh, it's not always obvious, but for a lot of these students, if they if they are coming out as, 
as a trans boy, but last year, you know, they were, they didn't really know what they were, they were struggling with their gender identity. I think it's hard because it's all very public for a lot of those students who are going to school with the same kids every day and trying to figure out who they are. So I think some of the opposition there is a little bit more on a personal level, you know, the way bullying might happen or, or comments might be made on social media or in person that are offensive, but they're not maybe bringing that to the board. Do they have clubs or organizations that help ease people through their concerns, whether it's for the students who are trying to find out who they are or the students who maybe are bullying those who are trying to find out who they are? Definitely there are clubs, uh, especially on the high school level, for students who are kind of figuring out their identity or have figured it out and want to, you know, talk to other people about it. At the same time, we have an organization here called Also Youth, which is kind of similar to Equality Florida, but it's more of a local organization. Uh, and they are, you know, LGBT youth advocate group. And they have done a lot both to work with youth outside of school who are dealing with this. And then also they've done some training at schools, uh, too, in, in Sarasota County. So I think that's been helpful. Uh, for a lot of those students, both for the students who don't understand, maybe, and then for the students who are trying to figure out how they identify. Um, that's been helpful. You mentioned that you have a split school board. Is there any chance that the school board will tell the administration to take this back? I think there's a chance, but, you know, one of the things that's been controversial here with these guidelines uh, are that they didn't actually come before the board. So this conversation and what the superintendent has said is that this conversation has been before the board many times because it initially started with we had a, a trans um, male student at, at Pineview, which is one of the gifted, the district's gifted school, uh, who wanted to use the boys' bathroom. And it was a very controversial, it became a very controversial thing. It was ultimately allowed at, at Pineview at this one school that this would be a policy. But a lot of the students in the community, or a lot of the trans students and, and advocates and allies were saying this needs to be a policy for everybody. Um, and at that time, this was a board discussion. So I think that the superintendent feels that it's within his purview to issue these guidelines since he says they're not policy, it's more of a procedure, uh, and that it's already been happening. It's just now a matter of, of writing it down. So unless he changes his mind, I think that this is, you know, there might be backlash from some of the board members, but I don't think they'll be able to say uh, this is not going to happen. I see. I, I, we've had an issue come up just in the past couple of weeks in Pasco County where a lot of people from the pride community came to a school board meeting raising some similar issues and asking the board to not change policies as a parent was coming in and raising concerns about, she said just clubs in general, but it turns out it was the gay straight alliance and its activities and treatment of transgender students. And, and it's just fascinating that this comes up as often as it does, because it doesn't seem like it's that many students that it affects. And from what I've heard, you know, we had one parent come in and say, my child has been treated so well by the school system. And so I'm not complaining about the way that things are going. Just don't change it and don't let people rough ride over our children and their needs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of, and you're saying that was a parent of a, of a trans student? Yes, that's right. And so that's kind of something similar that happened here. We had a parent come forward and and say something similar that their student had a really positive experience. I think, you know, to the point of it's not that many students, I was looking this up because I've, I've always, I've asked our district for information on whether there's data as to how many students come out as, as trans or, or something that's maybe like a non-binary um, uh, classification, basically. And they don't, at least they don't keep data on that or they, they won't tell me. 
Um, but I think the national number is like one in 137, one in 140 people are transgender. So, you know, it's not a, a huge proportion of the population, but I think that at the same time, I think these students would argue that it, they're students, they're, they're people and they're part of the school system. And, and since they need to be accommodated, it needs to be a discussion, you know? So I don't know. I definitely think that's one of the arguments I hear a lot from people who say, well, there's so few people. Why do there need to be guidelines for such, you know, for something that only comes up a few times a year? Uh, but the district is saying it comes up enough that it needs to be written down. We've talked about students. What about teachers? I know from being up here, we had a teacher one time come into what was his class at the time and say, I'm going to be her starting very soon, and I want you to know that because I'm making this transition. And does the rule for Sarasota apply to somebody like that as well, or is it just directed specifically at students? That's actually a really good question. Now something I'm wondering. I I think the guidelines are, are from a student standpoint. Um, it would seem odd to me if they would say, well, this doesn't apply to teachers. I don't know that we've had, at least in the last three or four years, someone who's public teacher or, or staff member who's publicly come out as trans and then and talked about that um, here. But I think that's valid. It's a valid point. I, I don't I don't actually know the answer to that. But um, but I would imagine, yes. So what are the next steps as you go forward covering this? Because I know if, for instance, the school district moves forward with something that seems counterintuitive to what the Trump administration has been talking about, there could be some sparks. And Sarasota is a fairly Republican community in many areas. And so do you see any clash in that regard as well? Yeah, I think that's a good it's a good question. I think that right now it's so early. Uh, like I said, they issued this. I mean, they've been working on this for a long time. So even though it feels so sudden and, and the Trump, you know, loop guidelines are looming, I think that for the for Sarasota County Schools, this felt like something that had taken a long time. Um, and the Trump guidelines feel fairly new. Uh, but I would say that obviously, if the if the federal government issues uh, policies on gender that restrict it to being a physical, the idea of gender being a physical sex. Uh, I think that that could have an impact definitely on policies here. So I think that it's probably uh, something they're going to think about. But in terms of, you know, legal designations, I actually think a, a case in St. John's County had a big impact on these guidelines being issued here because uh, a student who won a lawsuit there saying that he should be using the boys' bathroom, uh, I think that was something that the district here was really waiting to see how that turned out. And once it was uh, in the students' favor, they felt like it was a kind of a legal precedent that could inform these guidelines. So, uh, but that being said, you know, things obviously are, are changing, especially with the new um, word from the Trump administration. So it's it, it could be hindered as we move forward. Well, Elizabeth, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me about this. This is obviously a hot issue that's going to probably affect school districts around the state. So you'll have to keep us updated on what happens next. Definitely. Thank you so much again. That's the end of our conversation and the end of today's podcast. If you'd like to participate, please visit our Facebook page at Tampa Bay Times Gradebook. To follow the latest in all of Florida education breaking news, go to our blog, www.tampabay.com slash blogs slash gradebook. Please continue to review and share our podcast so that other people can find it. We really appreciate your input and would love to hear your ideas for what we should talk about next. I'm reporter Jeff Solacek. Thanks again for listening. <laughs>